evening, and welcome to On, on Base and Off Point, point. Life in, in the, the Deep End with JR and Vinny. Welcome back to the pod, everybody. Welcome back. It's been a little while. Yeah. It's good to be back in the saddle. It is good to be back. All we, right. We got, our, so, we got our dark horse. We're ready to go. No uh, Jersey Mike's, but Jets Pizza tonight. Jets so, Pizza was great. Yeah, maybe we'll get in that in the finer things. We'll talk about some <laughs> Jets Pizza. So you just got back from a trip. I certainly did. And um, this, Where'd you go? I went to the Grand Canyon. Actually, I went to Tucson, Arizona to see my stepdaughter. Cassie, and who's in the Air Force. Yeah, she's in the Air Force, yeah. Davis-Montham Air Force Base. Nice. So she took us all over the place. That's awesome. And one of the places we got to go was the Grand Canyon. But it, 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 this brings up something that, that has, has to do with the Grand Canyon, but not, hopefully <laughs> Nothing not to do. at the Grand Canyon. Oh, okay. You know, the, the, the whole act of falling. Mm. Um, and and uh, the reason I bring this up, well, let me start with this. this. Um, there's a psychological fact that I learned when I was in school that when we are born, we are only born with one fear. And if I had to ask you what that was, a lot of people say snakes or, you know. I think that's learned. Yeah, it's absolutely learned. The only fear that isn't learned is the fear of falling. Probably because it's, it's sensation. It's, it's a, a sensation. sensation that... it's, it's a feeling that your body has no matter what. Now, we have it in different ways. I, I think we had, we had a chance to talk about this earlier. I when I get that feeling like I'm I'm up high and I'm looking out, I'm afraid of falling. I get the roller coaster pit in your stomach, but my legs feel all woozy, mm. and it's it, it's been that way all my life. I don't know how to explain it other better than that. I can kind of understand that because when you're a child, or if you're an adult, you're and something happens, a ch a child will look at the adult and go, "How am I supposed to react to this?" They don't understand. Right. You know, they're looking for you and your reaction. And if you go, ah, my ah, and they go, oh, ah, they do the same well, thing. The, you know? the other thing, I, I think it was, I think it was Carl Jung, but you know, I, I'm not sure that I'm right mm -hmm. about this. Yeah. But, they, but they did a thing where they held a baby, and they, they, you know, obviously they didn't drop the baby like causing problems, but they did, and the kid automatically reacted by throwing their hands up in the air like this. I, and my hands are up in the air of my head for you people yes. watching at home or listening at home. It's his five two wingspan. That's right, five two wingspan. You know, my, my T Rex <laughs> hands. Um, <laughs> But the the falling the falling thing is sensation. also is also a sensation, but it's also a reaction. You're right. If you see somebody fall and you see somebody react, then automatically you're going to go, "Holy shit, that's bad!" You know, even if you're a kid, you know, sure. you don't you don't know for certain, but you feel that way. No, but uh, like if a dog starts barking at a baby, or or I'm, I'm trying to think of a situation where a kid sees something they've never seen before, maybe a snake, like you talked about, okay. and, and, you're, and and you're going on a hike with your kids. And you see this massive snake laying right. in the middle of the thing. Maybe it's getting some sun, and it's maybe it's not a dangerous snake. Maybe it's just some kind of garner snake or, or whatever. whatever. And they don't know what it is, so they look at you, and and you go, "Oh, that's a that's a that's a snake." Don't worry about let's, it. Let's 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 turn around and walk the other let's way. Not, let's not touch but, it. Let's but if you go, oh, "Oh my god, it's a snake." You know, I think the same thing happens when kids fall on the playground. Sometimes they're like, "I was just going to bring that up." They look at you and go, "Should I be hurt?" I, I did, no, you, it's, you go, "Hey, it's that, it's that famous thing where it's, you, it's you, to rub some dirt yeah, on." I think we, can, we did talk about rub some yeah, dirt on. Like, it's a, but it's the same thing. Your father, or your mother comes up to you and, and they kind of rub your head and go, "Ah, you're yeah, fine. You'll be fine." You'll and they go, fine. "Okay, I'm fine. Okay, Let's go." And a lot of times they are because they bounce. Right. 
Now, I don't bounce. Let's be clear. <laughs> why why uh, do you say that, JR? Well, I'm 53 and that's, you know, I'm not old, but man, I'm not young anymore. So 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 uh, have you had a hard time standing up on your own two feet lately? Uh, since Monday maybe. <laughs> what what happened, JR? So, I, I noticed when we when I walked in you were hobbling a little bit. Truth be told, I have this funny-looking boot on my foot. Um, How'd you get that? Um, the doctor gave it to me at the hospital after he told me I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm just being a big baby. Stop being a baby. Here's your boot. Go home. <laughs> what? <laughs> so I'm running on Monday. Just do my usual jog. Get out. Get a couple miles in. You know, if I can get three miles in, it's a good day. You know, it's good. I do some push-ups, sit-ups. Um, it's what I do. It's just part of my routine. So, Monday, I really don't feel like running. And I'm thinking, you know what? Maybe I'll skip today. No, JR. Wrong answer. Need to get out there. Just do a mile. Just do it. And once you get to the mile, a lot of times... Adrenaline kicks in. You go, okay, I go two, and, and it, by two you're like, well, I might as I've well done do three. I can four or five. Yeah, you, once you, it's like practice and base. Once you, once you pick the base up, a lot of times you can go and go and go. So I convinced myself, let's just go for a short little mile run, like I've done on many times in the past. So I run up the hill around the bend, and this uh, about a mile in. And I'm in the neighborhood across the street, maybe a half mile away. And suddenly, it's what I like to call a yard sale. <laughs> in slow motion, the hat is going off in one direction. The headphones going off in another direction. The phone flying out of my hand. And I'm looking ever so quickly for a soft landing. Right, of course, because, you know, you're 53 years old. And I did a pretty good job. I did not land hard. I managed to do a, a parachute landing fall. I call it a PLF. A PLF? Yes, where they teach you how to, like, Please, fall. Lord, don't fail. <laughs> they teach you how to not hurt yourself as you land really hard. You kind of collapse um, one section of your body at a time. And I managed to just skin my elbow. and dis I didn't dislocate my shoulder, but I felt a little... I managed to keep my head from like bashing in the pavement. I, I made it over to some somebody's lawn. <laughs> <laughs> good good got, thing there was no dogs in the area. Sunglasses you put your going face this way. <laughs> Headphones going another way. That's yeah, beautiful. Tag going. It's it's a, it's a full on yard sale. And I get up and go. The first thing you do when you get up is what? Check yourself. No, you look around to make sure that nobody saw you. <laughs> oh, okay, I get it. Oh, that's nothing, the first thing you do. You're, nothing to see here. It's <laughs> embarrassment. Yeah, this, I'm nothing to see. Here. Move on. <laughs> I, I could have a broken neck, but I'm looking around, craning my neck to see if anyone saw me. That's perfect. So I'm like, oh, collect my stuff. My phone's wet. I'm like, oh my gosh, because there's dew on the grass. It's early, and uh, everything seems to be fine. I uh, don't really. My foot kind of hurts. You know, but I'm like, I'm fine. Let's, let's keep running. Let's keep running. That was my thought. Let's keep running. It, that was my first thought. Let's keep running. <laughs> let's keep checking yourself for bruises and broken bones well, and blood. I didn't run. <laughs> my, my foot was kind of, I noticed my, it was throbbing. It was not feeling real good. So I'm like, I'll just walk home I'm about a half mile in the, 
every step was like, like oh, oh, oh. Yeah. it's like the cat that George, George Carlin talks about that runs into the runs into the the patio doors and and the cat walks away and walks behind the the, uh, the sofa and, and he goes fucking me out it hurts <laughs> ow I have my phone with me I could call Lisa my wife and say hey. No, you're not going to do Come that. You're, me you're a man. You're not going to do that stuff. I'm not turning my man card. No, I'm hobbling home. No, you're hobbling home and walking inside, standing up straight going, I just ran three and a half miles and boy, oh. my feet hurt. <laughs> Take a look at my foot, Lisa. I don't know what I did, but you know, it feels like I got like an ingrown toe. not too far from the truth. <laughs> so what happens is I kind of like hobble and, and limp home or kind of like do little skips. Yep. And I eventually, I get like within... 50 yards of the house, and I, I just stop. I'm like, oh, I can't do this anymore. This is murder. But no, I continue you on. Continue I on. soldier forward, and I go in the garage up the steps. And Lisa looks at me. She's in the kitchen. She had finished her workout down here on the. She's, she's the smart one of the two. Yeah. And she, she's looking at me, smiling, and I say, "Hey, how's your run?" I'm like, "It wasn't too good." And she starts laughing, and I'm like, "Oh no, uh, I, I fell." And, and she started laughing even harder. Of course, when she found I fell, I took my shoe off. And I was like, um, we're going to have to go to the hospital. Because <laughs> it was like, when it was wrapped up tight in that tennis shoe. Of course, it didn't hurt as I much. I seemed to be okay. Um, once I took that tennis shoe off, I don't know if like all the blood rushed in there or oh, what. Sure. But I was like, oh, no, no, this is not, not good. So we went to the hospital on the base. Of course you did. Well, when you have health care, it's wise to use oh, it. Oh, absolutely. You know, so I just wanted to make sure nothing was broken. And then I felt like a big baby by the time I left because they did x-rays and, you know, the guy touches my toe. Where does it hurt? Well, there, there, no. Uh, there, there, ah, there. Oh, ah. How's your ankle? How about if I touch it? I'm like, at the end of the day, it was like, uh, yeah, I think you stubbed your toe. <laughs> Here's a lollipop. You can go home. <laughs> yeah. Now fill out these forms. He's... It's the Air Force, you know, you have all all these accident forms and safety forms and like, oh my God, why did I come here? So, but yeah, by the next day, my foot was just, you know, like a balloon. My toe looked like a purple sausage. Uh Um, And they got me in this boot. Well, and the bad thing about the big toe is, is even Mm. though, even though it really wasn't, you know, as far as the doctor was concerned, it wasn't anything serious. You need, well, your big toe is your complete balance. You could lose a, I mean, I wouldn't want to try, but you could lose all of their toes. And if you have a big toe, you have the ability to balance yourself. It looks yourself. like Sergeant Hulka from Stripes. You know, he, yeah. he's like our big toe. Right. You know? yeah. He's our balance. <laughs> he's he's our what balance. keeps us. Yeah. He could do Sergeant it. big toe. Yeah, Sergeant big toe. The, I, I have to share this, even though it's 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 off the point of this, but it, it's it's Well, that's why we call it on base and off point. Yeah. About two weeks ago, I've, I've, I've ran on my feet, you know, yet today. Since you were child yeah yeah but today today i actually ran you back ran again yeah well not ran ran oh i was gonna say were the well, police like chasing miles. yeah no i don't think i would i think i would have asked to sit in the car can i just sit down just, just yeah. cuff me and stuff just, me just you know uh, i'll, I'll tell effort. you about it later i need a little bit of you're food gonna catch me anyways so i was i was cutting some chicken up with a food a food scissors a food scissors is very sharp oh yeah and food scissors can can yeah, because you're like you're trying to cut bone. cartilage and right. parts of meat, meat right. to get in there, and so, yeah, you need so something as I, as sharp and sharp powerful. And, and powerful, right? Well, of course. And I decided, you know, when you accidentally drop something on your foot, oh. you, you have that moment of pain, and then you go, "Ow!" and then it kind of goes away, and you go, "Everything will be okay." Well, I dropped the food scissors, 
And it stabbed me in my second toe from my pinky, or next to, toe next to my pinky. So I get that ow, I, and it, it starts to dissipate. This is not the little piggy that went wee, wee, wee all the way home. No, this, this, one, is, this is one this, the little piggy that, that bled all over the tile. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's not the one that went to market. No. Let's be clear. It's, it's the one that bled all over the tile. So I look down. I don't remember He died, but you know, <laughs> just, he, he was in the Darwin There was once. a wolf that had meat <laughs> and, scissors. Right. So, so I dropped the, I dropped the scissors, look down, and I see now there's a pile of blood on the floor. Oh my gosh. Ah, crap. You're so, going to the hospital. No. I know you. You don't no, go to the hospital. No, I, you I, have complete coverage. I have complete coverage, but I won't go to the hospital unless I'm dying. And even then, I might tell them just to wait there and come get me. Um, I looked down, got inside the blood, and I put my, my uh, immediate reaction was to get a, a paper towel and, and try to stop the blood. And after walking around in one of the positions of yoga, I'm sure, I, uh, I got the bleeding to stop. So... Vinny says, ah, oh, I looked at it, it's fine. I don't need any stitches, nothing, you know, but it's a nice big gash. What I didn't realize is that the weight of that scissors would eventually turn three of my, my toes a shade of black, purple, red, and yellow. So I may have broken a toe, but I don't think so. Doesn't matter. This is what I found out Monday. They can't do anything. He said. For you. Well, even if you broke your toe, there's not much. There's, nothing, there's no cast. There's no nothing. We just have to put you in the same boot they gave me to immobilize the toe, so that it's not. It doesn't move as much. It's like a. It's just a solid sole right. shoe, right? So that your your toes aren't bending because right. that's what causes pain. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, yeah, that's that, that was the problem. I had just I had just done like like four miles of, of uh, treadmill the day before, three mm. miles of treadmill and I and I mowed the lawn which yeah. is like ten thousand steps. We need to get past this story because my foot is still throbbing and you're talking about putting a, a knife through the the little piggy that went wee wee all the way home <laughs> like, or the one right next door. Bled, bled all the way home. But all uh, right. So but the, the, you talk about the falling thing, right? You, yeah, you, yeah. So Going to the Grand Canyon, oh yeah, is a is a uh, well. Actually, this happened prior to the Grand Canyon, so we, this is a this is a pre Grand Canyon. When we were in Tucson, there's a there's a mountain in there called Mount Lemon. Mm. Mount Lemon is nine thousand one hundred and fifty feet. It's like almost one one point seven five miles. So we're 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 you go up the hill, you drive up the hill, you stop at these observatories, and you get to the top and continue on. Um, so one of these things we were we were taking pictures. And we were out on the ledge, and there was a guardrail. And Cassie and Chrissy, my wife, were out there doing their thing, and I'm trying to take a picture. And I realize I'm too close. So I, I decide I'm ready to back up. Now, this all happened in the slowest motion possible. I can't even begin to explain how slow it was because it, it was just when you normally fall down, it's a boom, bang, right. Down, right? So I'm backing up trying to get my, my picture field to take her picture. Right. And my ankle hits a set of rocks that are above me. So as you're going backwards and you hit this, imagine somebody behind you like the old gag where somebody gets on all fours behind right. you and they push you push over. You. Right. Well, nobody was pushing me, but my body was starting to fall backwards because I hit this, this part of the rock. 
So I start to fall backwards and I'm going, oh, I'm falling. And, but I hadn't fallen yet. I was like teetering on falling. So I just decided, you know what? I'm just going to fall. But all this happens in slow motion. So you, I'm raising my hands as if preparing to fall. And I'm falling backwards. And in the process, Chrissy and Cassie are looking at me. And they said it looked like it was a slow motion thing, like in an ESPN replay. Oh, hold on. And I, I felt... Is that how you're going? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So when I when I fell, I fell and I tumbled. But but the best part of the whole thing is when I fell and I tumbled, I immediately pushed myself back up and did a Carrie Struggs with, you know, the gymnast with, you know, your hands in the air going, everything's okay, take a picture. And I looked over at Chrissy and she is buried in Cassie's head, just laughing like crazy. I go, what's the matter? Everything's okay. And they, they told me it looked it looked so slow and so silly. It was so funny. But that and that was on that wasn't even at the Grand Canyon before no, you even got to before the Grand. even got to the Grand Canyon. So now, in preparation for the Grand Canyon, we're talking about the fact that that the Grand Canyon is a beautiful place. Oh yeah, it's a wonderful thing to see, but you have to be very careful. <laughs> um, so we, we're going to the Grand Canyon and we're taking our time. And, and But when we get there, Chrissy is like freaking out because, you know, it's really easy to be in a situation where, you know, this this isn't a place that you can play around like you're in a playground and you fall in a sandbox. If you fall, you're not getting up, you know, forever. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's like serious. It's man. very serious. And four people have died. Just last week. Just last well, week. We were, we were out there. Yeah. That's crazy. Do they not have that childlike fear of... Falling. It's just crazy because I'm scared to death of heights. Me too. I don't like going up on a ladder. I don't mind a ladder. I don't like being on the on the roof. I don't, I don't mind that. Oh, I don't. I do, especially like a, a sharp pitch. Yeah. And getting from the ladder to the roof... Can be that can that, be the most scariest that thing. That bothers the, and the only thing worse than getting from the ladder to the roof, is getting from the roof to the ladder. Right. It's like ah, right. and I'm just I'm not comfortable. I don't like being um, on a building that's high. Okay. Like a skyscraper. So my daughter Jackie, she lives in a skyscraper. She just moved from a skyscraper in the middle of downtown Denver. It's like the 36th floor. Floor-to-ceiling windows all the way around. Oh, my God. And, of course, there's a balcony. And, like, that freaks me out. Go on, on that balcony and look down and see the streets and the little ants down there and realize that the only thing holding me up is this, this railing. I don't like that. That freaks me out. Out, my heart, my I like start to wobble. Yeah, yeah, wobble like crazy. I, I, I kind of like lean backwards and, and feel for the door. I'm going <laughs> back inside. I have to go to the bathroom. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow. So when you when you watch like somebody in a movie and they're on a ledge, uh, even it, though no, really that freaks me out. That freaks me out. Too. I don't like that. I you can't watch. Do that. not like. It's like I get that queasy, queasy feeling in my legs, like mm, like the world's going to collapse. I don't like heights at all. It freaks me out. That's now, like my personal hell. It, it really is. I, I so. Why? So here's the thing. How are people not that natural fear not instilled in them? And I think that 
maybe, and this is just JR talking, I don't, look, look folks, I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a doctor, hell, I did not even stay in a Holiday Inn Express, so this is just me talking, but I think people have kind of lost perspective here, you go to Disney, and that's one thing, it's, it's a pretty safe place, it makes you feel like, oh, this is dangerous. We're in a star in the Star Wars ride, and they've got us strapped in this thing, and you're really not moving anywhere. The, you're just going up and down a little bit, and sideways a little bit, and some fans are blowing on you, and there's a movie. Okay, that you're not going to get hurt, so you. That's a pretty safe environment. It's like you're at Disney World. When you are out on a mountain. You better damn well be careful and realize this is not a joke. This is not Disney. There's nobody like really. There's no animatrons. George Washington is not going to come out of a bush. There's no one taking responsibility. Welcome to animatron world. Yeah, there's there's not employees there to make sure that you don't put your hands outside the ride. (laughs) If you go down, you're going down. You're going to die. Yeah, this is. There's no coming back from the Grand Canyon mishap. You're falling and you're dead. And you're dead. You know, and, and that's that's where, where most people fail. They think, oh, it's no problem. Somebody's going to be here. And you're right. Somebody's got the idea that somebody else is going to be here to fix me. No. no. There's no fixing this. It's you know, dangerous. It's dangerous. It's, it, the first reaction I had to seeing the Grand Canyon was splendor and majesty and imagining what it was like for the first people to see the Grand Canyon yeah. or how the Grand Canyon was made and what do you do when you come upon this and it's the 1800s and you've got a horse and buggy going. Oh, could you imagine? I ain't going down there. How the hell am I <laughs> going down staying, there? We're staying on this we're side. We're staying on this side. Can we go around this? You know, four days later, can we go around this? Jebediah, build a fire. <laughs> we're not going across this thing. We're going to be here for the damn winter. You know, plant some corn. <laughs> but the whole point of that is, you see that, and your one the wonderment is fantastic. But then at the same time, you're going, I can't know. This I'm is... not even looking over the. the well, I'm not even getting that close. Hell, there's uh, Yellow Springs. They have that gorge out there. Yeah, yeah, John. And there's John, places yeah. where you can. There's a little path where we can walk out, and it's. It's 50 feet down, straight off still, a cliff. Still break something, or worse. That'll kill you. Yeah. You fall 50 feet. I wouldn't suggest falling anywhere at Hell, my age. listen, I <laughs> fell from my feet to the ground. I had to go to the hospital. Five foot six of... <laughs> I, went, I went from five eight to, to about six inches high. <laughs> I had to go to the emergency room. It tasted dirt in the process. <laughs> and fertilizer. The guy fertilizes is a nice... Oh, perfect. Cushy lawn Just, that I landed this, in. This lawn... Oh, no, this doesn't smell good at all. I need to get uh, up. <laughs> So, so yeah, I, I just freak out when, I, when I'm on like buildings right. or cliffs or on a roof. Not my thing. Now, I will jump out of an aircraft. You're crazy. No, I, I, it, there's, there's like a perception thing. It's like, when, so when you flew out to Tucson, Tucson, you're in the plane. Right. And if you had a window seat and you looked out, you'd go, oh my God, no, is no, it the same feeling of butterflies? Wow, this, is, this is amazing. Yeah, you when feel I very safe. When I flew to Japan, you got to see Mount Fuji above the, above the clouds. Yeah. Oh, wow. That was like majestical. Yeah, it yeah. was wonderful. So I think there's like this a lack of perception. You're so high up that you kind of lose perspective. My legs are, are, and, are like queasy now and, thinking about And you this just shit. jump. You just jump. Out you go. Jump. Out the door. Jump. Stand in the door. There ain't no jumping. <laughs> So I got to do five jumps at the Air Force Academy. Now, how many were they? Were they all tandem or were they? No, no. Your first jump is is you. It's solo. It's it's not. It's not static. It's free fall. Oh my god, you're nuts. 
the first jump I ever did. And the Air Force Academy is, I think, the only place in North America where it, your first jump is free pole. Right. You can, Usually everybody else is tandem. You'll do a tandem or you'll do a static line. The static line, you jump out of the plane and there's a rope on Pulse your... Pulse or shoot for you. Yes. But this is, a, it's called a character program. And oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you need character to do that. You the need, you need, you depend, you need depends. <laughs> There's a lot of training. You've got to do a lot of training. Yeah, put on it's the what, underwear it's, this way. It's for so the that cadets. The cadets run the program. Oh, my God. The, the, uh, sophomore cadets do the training. They're the ones that train you. So you have 20-year-olds. Yeah, go ahead, Chief. Jump. <laughs> jump now. I was a tech sergeant. I might have been a master jump, at Jump time. tech. Yeah, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, go ahead, Sarge. Yeah, go ahead, Sarge. You're fine. It's actually highly supervised by NCOs, as you can only imagine. Oh, NCOs are the best. Well, of course, that is the truth. So um, you do a lot of training, and they teach you how to fall correctly by jumping off of little stands in the gravel. And the first one's like two feet high. Then you go to like a three. Yeah, then you get up to where it's like a six-foot high thing, and you're jumping into gravel, and you're supposed to land correctly. Otherwise, it freaking hurts. Yes. Well, it still kind of hurts. Hurts anyway. Yeah, jumping in the gravel. And then they hang you from a static. They hang you in a hangar. Right. From parachute. And they start swinging you around and, you know, throwing questions at you. You know, you're about to run into it. Power lines. And you're supposed to have the right, you know. I'm dead. (laughs) Goodbye, Mom. Exactly. It's called boldface. You have to know exactly what to do at all times. You know, you have to memorize all the emergency procedures for the jump. And the cadets were real good, but they got an NCO up in the, you know, in, in the, it's called static, uh, what do they call it? Static Hang, death. That, yeah. yeah I, I, number four, whatever. They're throwing water at you. Oh, they're, just, oh, they're just having a blast to try and throw you off. So you, you screw up the, the bold face, you know, you know. There is no bold face when the ground is coming at you at what? 125 miles an hour? 38 feet per second. That's not, I think the hard part is if if you open the chute and you have issues, like things get tangled, or the chute doesn't deploy right and you have to use your reserve chute and it gets tangled in your regular chute. There's a lot of things that really can go wrong and you kind of have to be prepared, prepared for. But you know, you're going through all this training, and you're you're actually actually practicing in a hangar in a fake plane how to get in the door and how to let go. And you do you just all oh, I mean, it's very thorough. By the time you get up there, you're scared shitless. It's kind of yeah. So I'm not gonna say I got up there and was like, oh yeah, I just jumped. I wasn't scared at all. We got up there the first time because I wasn't expecting to jump on the first day. Right. I thought I'm gonna come back the next day and do more training. Right. Because I wasn't quite, I didn't think I had my, you know, shit together well enough. And the NCO calls me over and goes, look, your bold face wasn't exactly, you know, perfect. But I don't think you're going to hurt yourself. Go ahead and, you know. Get, Suit up. Exactly. That's exactly what happened. I was like, um, you mean today? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, you mean like. Well, I'm right not, now, I'm not prepared. The, like the, I just told the, you twice. Now get get the, over there. The, the moose of the gate said I wasn't going to do this until tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, folks. Parks closed. Parks closed. Moose, moose of the park? gate. Should have told you. That. So I go. Oh, okay. Great. Oh, great. Oh, come on, Peter Brady. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> so then you go and you start putting all the gear on and, and the parachute and the goggles and the helmet and the the whole nine yards and. And I got in an Air Force airplane, 
And off we went into the wild blue yonder. Us, us we go. It was in Colorado Springs. It was, it was cold. It was like a, not March, but sunny. It was gorgeous. And we're going up in this plane, and it's a small plane. It's a twin otter. It's it's bigger than a Cessna, but it's just much smaller than a one thirty. <laughs> it's not a one thirty. It's like it's like a third of the size of a one thirty. It's just two. It's a twin engine, um, and it's got a door on the side fuselage. Like a like a garage door that lifts up. There is no way. In so there's two benches. There's two benches. You're facing your your fellow jumpers, and there's a jump master and, and a pilot and a co-pilot. And you go up, and we're, we get up over the the, the thing. And I'm kind of close towards the end, but I'm not last. Um, and we get over the drop zone, and they open this garage door, which is it's not big. It's the size of a you know it's a, kind of a Half door. door. Oh, yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, it goes from being a little bit loud to really... And you can't hear, you can't hear shit. Oh and, and this girl gets up. So she's a cadet, and she's maybe 5'2", five, 5'3". Five, and she's got all the gear on, and she gets up, and she goes over... And she stands in the door. She stands outside the door. Jumpmaster's got her by, you know, her, her waist belt or whatever they hold hold you by. And then he lets go, and she she drops. And you think, well, the plane's going along. She's going to kind of trail out the back. She drops straight down like a bag of flour. I mean, it was just like, and she was gone. She was no longer on the aircraft. <laughs> It's just a strange feeling that we all got on the plane. She's not on the plane anymore. And then I thought, okay, well, here's this 19-year-old girl, woman, who just jumped out of the airplane. How's it going to look if the NCO, the only NCO on the plane, doesn't jump? Guess what? I don't care what happens. I'm going out that door. So, so I go over, I get in the door, and uh, it's just, it, I thought it was loud when they lift the door, the door up, but when you actually get outside the door, the engine's from, you know, me to that wall. It's, it's you know, seven, eight feet away, maybe 10 feet away, I don't know. It's really loud. Plus you're in an airplane that's, well, here, here's my question. Other than the other than the typical, the door is open. You're you're hanging outside. You're hanging for your life. Yeah, yeah. When you get to the point where you have to jump, yes, that's where I'm at in the story. But go ahead. First of all, first of all, why? But second of all, you realize you're jumping out of a plane and you're going to hit the airstream and you're going to start moving very quickly. Oh yeah, you're moving quickly to begin with. Right. <laughs> and you're 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 not gonna hit something on the way out, you know, get sucked up into the engine, hit the tail on the way. You would think. I'm telling you that girl she dropped like a ton of bricks. She went yeah, out of the plane. Yeah, because gravity is down. gravity is pretty straight it ahead. Is, it was in it was in full effect. Yeah. So Newton was up in the, up in the heaven going. So See? there's this whole procedure where you stand in the door and you're supposed to communicate with the jump master what you're supposed to do. And I can't hear him. And he's talking to me and I'm talking to him. But 
we're not really communicating because I, 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 no, no, it was like this. No, you hear nothing. You hear. So I just let go. I just let go. Oh shit! Yeah, I just let go, and he let go of me, and then I just started like flailing, like just you're just like in you're total. Tum- you're tumbling. Yeah, I wasn't rolling. I was just like like turbulence. And I go, oh yeah, I'm supposed to put my hands out and stick my pelvis out, and all of a sudden, boom, you're flat. I was flying. Right. I was flat, and I'm like. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Now I gotta grab this. I gotta grab the the pull the cord. I gotta uh uh. Meanwhile, I'm supposed to be counting. Like you know, ten or in, something. In, in the train, you're uh, stand in the door. Jump master, blah blah blah. Uh, uh, arch two thousand, three thousand, four thousand. This is the thing that's supposed to go on, but in reality, you're going. Oh shit! <laughs> Ground is moving my oh, way. Oh, 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 there's the there's the pull cord. Oh, oh, pull. <laughs> And it just jerked the hell out of you. Oh, it was the best, worst feeling you ever felt in your life because it just pulls your groin. I mean, it just it yanks you. Yeah. To a stop. It all of a sudden is silent. Right. Instant silence. I'm facing Pikes Peak. It's beautiful blue. I'm alive. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God. Thank you, God. Just, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Yeah, I'm yeah, going to church every week, I promise. <laughs> it was just spectacular and then i realized oh i got all these other things i have to do right to get my ass down to the ground because you got to grab your you know your guide wires all that stuff and get get down to the ground but it was um it's funny because you're supposed to do this counting thing it's it's supposed to be like a five second descent before you pull and so the next time i go up i'm like i'm gonna count you know, because the first time I was just like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, my God. Yeah, I'm like, oh, that's about right. I was just, <laughs> oh, shit, oh, I'm shit, guessing. oh, my God, oh, my God. They, okay, pull. <laughs> Pro shits and then, oh, my God. Yeah. Then you pull. Time to pull. So so you get to the ground, and they actually videotape it with a telescopic video camera. Okay. And they they rate your 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 jump. Okay. And I get down, I gather up my stuff, and he goes, oh, there you go. Oh, stable. 2003. Yeah, pull. Yeah, that looks good. Yeah, you're ready for your next jump. <laughs> oh, Says you. <laughs> I'm like, well, I did one. So, I've come all this way. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do my five jumps because I want to get the, the jump wings. Right. You know? Sorry, so in the process of doing this, um, you know, once you pull and you're, you're stable, and you're you're essentially gliding gliding on your way down. Yes, yes. You when you have to do a little bit of steering to keep to keep this from from going one one yep. place or another. Yeah, and you have winds and all these things come into effect. Right. But if you you can actually screw that up because you could flare your flare your. Yeah, too early. Too early. That's all. Yeah. So yeah. So that's a whole other thing. That's is a big descent when you flare. You have a radio, and the first time you jump, they go coming down. Flare, flare, flare. They they actually walk you through it. Right. And then the second time you come down, if you want to flare on your own, make it you you turn to the right as opposed to the left. Right. You know, so oh, I'll do my own flare. Big mistake, Jr. So what'd you do? <laughs> Fall like 30, I, 30 feet I or something? Way too early. And you have to hold it because if you let go of it, you're gonna fall even right. further. So you just hold it and hold it and hold it, and eventually, I came down and hit. Oh, so when you flare, you can't let go of the flare because you'll, no. you'll dive or whatever the hell. It yeah, is. yeah, because you, you'll reaccelerate and you you won't be able to flare again. <laughs> you'll you'll you be just, in the next you hold it. over. <laughs> you just hold it, baby. Landing the cow patty oh. into a yard sale there. Well, <laughs> you, you're going to descent much faster because you've lost all your 
all your stuff. Yeah, you know, exactly. So, uh, so anyways, the second time I go back up, and I'm like, I'm gonna count. I'm gonna count this time, and we we'll go through the whole thing, and you get in that door. Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh my god! <laughs> oh shit! Oh shit! Oh my god! Oh my god! Pull! We look at the tape. He's like, "Yep, right on the money. Go on back up." You know, you go back up, and I'm this time. I'm counting. I jumped five times. I never counted once. Three shits, three oh shits, and three two oh my god. Two oh my god. You pull that cord, and, and it worked. You know, it worked. It, it's just, it's it's total chaos. Right. It's total mayhem, and. and to be able to control that, it's very exhilarating. It's, For it's, you, it's it's, but it's real. Oh yeah, it's okay. Going back to Disney, you could get the same kind of adrenaline or a rush from some of the rides. Yeah, but it's not real, man. No, you, you, first of all, you know it's gonna it's gonna be over. You know that there's safety features in place. You know that somebody's watching. Now, yes, yeah. any of those things you, can mechanically you can sue the hell out of them. So that's why they're very much they're very, very safety conscious. They have a great safety record. Most of the you know, amusement parks with the, the roller coasters and all these rides, millions and millions of people ride millions and millions of times a day. Right. Nothing happens. You jump out of an airplane, you're on your own. It's Pal. it's real. Yeah. It's it's no kidding. Right. And those are the experiences I prefer over like a Disney. I, it's it's fake. It's, it's and I think people get this, you know, fake sense of security from video games sure. and Disney well, look, and in, in a video and the game. Brains of, how many times? How many times can you die in a video? Any, game? As long as and even when you, you die and use up all your lives, all you have to do is wait restart. ten minutes to get more. You know, <laughs> just I mean, restart. So so the reactions that you've had when you played video games, I can tell you the reactions that I've had. I'm playing a video game and I'm I'm in a shooting match with somebody. I'm I'm doing uh, Call of Duty and I'm behind, yeah. I'm behind. Screw this! I'm running out, going straight for him. Why not? Because I'm going for it. What, what's the worst that's going to happen? I'll, I just di start I'll over. die. I'll start over. You know, but or, you're in a plane, or, or it could be glorious. Well, I could right. kill this you guy. Kill this guy. I'll be fine, and everybody will be great. Yeah, but you, but you're in a plane. You can't go. I'll flare now. No, no. You better do it right, or you're hosed. Yeah, you better pull at the right time. We had this girl from the Coast Guard. She jumped out. She was in my class. And she only did one jump because she came out of the. Um, oh fuck! Did she pull right away? No, it's worse. She tucked. She tucked into like a ball. Oh, and she's spinning. Oh. Yeah, and and I talked to her after. She, you know, she's packing up her stuff. She's leaving. I'm like, what she, happened? Yeah, she goes. Oh, I tucked. I could. I couldn't help but tuck. And then yeah, you know, I pulled. But I'm like, well, how did you know? When to pull? Because if you pull and your back's aimed towards the ground, it's gonna go. That could be, be very, wrong. yeah, that's gonna be really bad wrapped, for you. You get wrapped up in the in the shoe. That's gonna be very bad. She goes, well, I saw blue and I saw brown and I saw blue and I saw brown and then when I saw brown, I knew I was face down and I pulled. Oh I was my like, god! Yeah, yeah. She See, she only did one jump because she she uh, you you got to do a you know. That's nuts. Yeah. That, you did you ever up. did you ever see the guy that jumped out of? Uh, the ionosphere or stratosphere. Yeah, that's crazy. Goal. That's that's insane. He was tumbling. He was tumbling for a while. Yeah, he was completely out of control and probably like not even lucid. He I was, would imagine he was supposed to be like seconds away from blacking out. Yeah, and he and he pulled right. right he up. happened to yeah. It's like you gotta be kidding me. I wonder if it, like automatically pulled for him. Oh, uh, maybe. There's an altimeter. I, they can put an altimeter on those things. There's those things that'll pull But still, for it's dangerous. Sure. Anything anything like that's, that skydiving is a dangerous get, thing. Yeah. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> I don't know. I, 
So I speaking think, of falling, yeah, it's time for a tune. We, we've talked way too long in this first segment. We need to play a tune. I, I think I've got a tune for you. It, it, right. it kind of fits the bill. The name of the tune is Another Time, perhaps. <laughs> so I think that would be my answer. So Somebody says, you want to go you jump in? Opportunity to go? Nope, Another Time, perhaps. I would like to do it never. Well, let's see if this gives us a, a feeling of falling. <laughs> or dying. Or dying. <laughs> or tumbling through space. Uh, end time. Okay, yeah, here we're we go. falling off a cliff. Lordy. Yeah, man. 
didn't sound like we were falling too, too far. I had, to, I had to pull the cord at about the bridge. Yeah, well, <laughs> at least you didn't have far to fall. Yeah. Somewhere out there, I had to, I had to pull the cord. <laughs> That's beautiful. Bass sounds nice tonight. Yeah, uh, man, so sure. It sounds great. It's funny. I played a gig with, um, not a gig, I just had a rehearsal with the band. Right. Yesterday, because we got a gig on Saturday, and it's the first hour was just a struggle. Why? I, we haven't played together in so long. Oh, oh, oh. It well, just that's, that's took just a like, while that's to just, just like sitting down and having a conversation with somebody, and you don't really have a topic yeah. to start with. You just got to get some common ground first. It was just knocking the rust off and trying to get through some of the stuff. We had some tunes we need to learn. We're doing a retirement ceremony. So there's some things we had to actually work on and practice. And after that, we worked on just some tunes that we do well, and they didn't go well until we got in about the second hour. And then everything went good. And then I think, yeah, like it's like, it like, oh, well, someone put some DW40 on us or something, and suddenly it was like a the machine was starting to um, be a little more well-oiled, if you will. That's always good when so. you can actually communicate, and it makes, makes it better in it. Sounds good too. So speaking of communication, we had you out to the unit. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, a couple, couple yeah, weeks ago. Two weeks ago, because we did uh, the four lenses. Yeah, that was fantastic. I had a really good time. Um, so I want to talk just a little bit about temperament and you know those. So what the four lenses is is basically a an assessment, right? It's a, um, of of your temperament, and you have a dominant it's personality traits, Trait. if you will. There's yeah. you have all the traits. But you will default to what you're more comfortable with as a human being. When falling out of a plane, you have a specific. Well, and that's the thing is like so because of my nature, I will get in a plane and jump out of it. I right. think that's I'm, you know. So if you know the four lenses or uh, true colors is a similar. These are the same colors actually. I'm an orange, which means I'm very extroverted, outgoing, adventurous, adventurous, um, those types of things. So for me to get in an airplane. It's not like if somebody asked me, it's like I drove on the Air Force Academy and I saw parachutes. I'm like, oh, I wonder if I donuts. Yeah. <laughs> Bill's donuts. <laughs> I want to jump from the plane. I want to jump from the plane. And it took me like three years before I could actually, you know, figure Get out. The, yeah, because yeah, it's, it's not a program for NCOs. It's for cadets. So um, you really have to want to do it and make efforts. Right. And be ready. Right. If the opportunity comes. Up, you can't just say, ah, next I week. I think, yeah, you have to have all your paperwork ready, the, the medical stuff. I your mean, life was, insurance. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> not something that an orange is going to really do because yeah. I'm kind of like carefree. I don't really think of, you know, the implications of the future because I'm really just more worried about freedom and having. And the moment. Yeah. And living in the moment and, and doing what I want to do, doing my thing. You know, we're. Um, Lisa, my wife, is the opposite. She's a gold. She's very organized. Everything's got to be a certain way. Very particular. Right. Likes to have a checklist. Yeah, for everything. And we're going to check. We're going to go through the checklist. And and if you do something, and it's not on the checklist, what do you do? Make another checklist. You you just add that to the checklist, and then, and only then, do you check it off. You don't put the check first, and then write it. You have to write it. You know, because they're very organized. There's a way to do things. 
everything in this place, every place has a thing, so on and so forth. So I was kind of shocked because you're a green, or which is, is more of an intellectual right. temperament. Which I don't know how the hell I got that, but yeah, okay. I know because you talk so much. I was sure. I mean, you talk more than me most of the time. So what I, do you I, might, say? I might be, I might be catching you this episode. This particular usually, episode. But usually, you're about two for one on word count. I try harder. You, no, I'm telling you, man. You talk more than I do. So I was shocked when you 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 tested his green, and I started um, thinking about it. But you're you're very analytical. You studied, what did you study in college? Major in political science with a minor in psychology. Yeah, those are, those are kind of like heady, heady, heady. Yeah, heady kind heady, of things heady. that require um, a lot of thought and whatnot. And the other thing that shocked me was most of my unit was green. That was shocking. Well, and I saw in the lens test, green is usually 6% of, of your, yeah, you know, your group. Yeah, of, of the general population, 6%. Right. And I had over 50% of my unit. Yeah. And they're all musicians. Right. Which which kind of is, is contradictory to that whole thing right there. I thought about this, but I don't think that's true. Why, why do you say that? Because, because I think you're right. But. I, I think that to get to the level of musicianship that these people play at, uh-huh. they're playing at a high level of musicianship. They have to be able to read. They have to do all these different things, you know. You don't get there without a lot of self-discipline and thought and figuring out how do I... um, The Greens are also very driven by conquering things and figuring things out. And it's like, if you give them a concerto or let's say an etude... That that's something they're going to endeavor at. Oh, I want to get this right. I want to I want to figure this out. I want to figure out how do I do this well, and are self motivated, right? Which is hard. I, you know, I think it's um, that it was kind of eye opening to me because I'm I'm thinking I'm living in this world of all these people that work for me are it's crazy Guggenheims. And, know, and just, it comes to find out I'm the only one. It's crazy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Me yeah. and the sound guy. It's like, what the heck is going on here? You walk in the room with the sound guy. The drummer? Guy. The drummer? Come on. You would think the drummer would at least be, you know, kind of a whack job. But no. It's no. me and the sound guy. No, well, Kelsey. Uh, so, but it, it's kind of fun to... It's, it's beyond fun. I think that it's, it's critical to understand that people operate... Differently, people are right. built and wired in a way that they can't change. Or, or, or if they can't change, if you're an orange and and you are as plugged into an orange as you're going to be, you have the ability as a human being to, to look outside yourself. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll have to retract what I said. You can change, you, and you can function. You have all the colors. You have right. all the temperaments. Everybody has everything, right? But your your default is where you want to operate your natural where, where self. You're most comfortable. You you're most comfortable doing that. But the other thing is, is what I'm trying to say is that in those circumstances, when you're looking at something and you know that you do this using A and B, right? And somebody says, "Hey, look at that guy over there. That guy over there is doing D, E, and F, and he's getting a pretty damn good result." And right. you go, "Oh." 
Oh, and you can make a change based on what you see. It may not fit your personality totally, or it might fit your personality totally because as an orange, you're kind of happy-go-lucky, go, go with the flow, try whatever you want to try. And somebody says, hey, JR, instead of doing this like this, try, do, try doing this a little differently. And you're going, really? That's a, good, that's a great idea. I never thought of doing it differently. And it, it's liberating in its own way. Plus the fact that if you're dealing with somebody, right. if you're an orange and I'm a green, and you know I'm a green and I know you're an orange, you're going to deal with me differently than if you were an orange or if I was a blue or if I was a gold. And you go, all right, I know what's what's going on with you. You know, I, I can do deal with this. That's well, what I can say it, things that'll put it, you in a work environment where you know your boss, let's say, is very just focused on task. Right. Task like, is like green, like you, very right. analytical, focused on task. Right. And you have to come to me, who is an orange, who's very, you know, interpersonal. Right. And whatever. If you want something from me, if you just come in and go, um, Chief, I, I need this report. Right. I need, and you, and I you need leave, I'm going to go like, what the heck? I'm not going to give you a damn yeah. thing. But if you come in and go, I'm like, he doesn't even, he's, he's rude. He's, yeah. he's like a, he's a douche, man. That guy doesn't even, it, which is not the case and, at all. It's just, that's how you operate. Right, you come in and say, Hey man, how's it going? But you know, yeah, if you get, Hey man, how's your morning? You know, did you ride your bike? How's your today? weekend? You know, did you ride your bike? Today? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you go, yeah. Oh, that report. Oh yeah. I got that for you. There you go. It's right here. Yeah. No, no if we understand each other. Sure. Life's a lot easier at work because other you know and the other thing about that too not to jump jump ahead but they had those blind spots where you plotted your course on what looked like oh uh, yeah uh, dartboard yeah you put your scores together and you drew drew the lines around them and if there was one that was really skewed like my wife chrissy hers was skewed so much that it was heavy on um blue and it was really light on green so she had a blind yeah, spot she's, in green. She's, she, so blue is the the caring caring mothering nurturing, nurturing person who's very concerned about other people and wants to take care of folks. Feelings are more important than doings, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. All that stuff. Yeah, I love pets. Right. Things of that nature. So she's high blue, but what, what was she, where was she a little? She was low the blind in, spot. She was low in green and she was low in orange. Which is you. Really, really low in orange. Well, well I, those I, are opposite temperaments. And I think that's why we complement each other. Yeah, at least, because, yeah, we're opposites as well. But you she, have to get past the, you know, well, some it, of the, understand, you have to get to a point where you go, oh, Okay. I get that we're we're different, but that's good, right? Because if you don't get past that, you'll you never you'll never figure out how to deal with them. Because you know, dealing with somebody that's touchy and feeling, you're going, I want to talk I, about this from logic, and I want to talk to, about this with no emotion or or emotion <laughs> yeah. later. You know, they're, they're going, no, I can't. You do said that. something upstairs where you were very like Spock, <laughs> like that is illogical. <laughs> I forget what it was. You're talking with her, and she's like, blah, 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 and you're like. That is illogical. <laughs> was, I don't know what you said. Yeah, I was something about a movie or something. Oh, yeah. you know, she was quoting quote this movie. Oh, this Time to Kill movie reminds me of this. I go, no, that's not the movie. It's this movie. She goes, this movie's called Time to Kill. She goes, oh, I thought that was a Steven Seagal movie. I went, no, it's hard to kill. No, that's hard to kill. The disdain in your voice was just hilarious. You just, you just didn't even care. No, that's yeah. Time to Kill. And then kill. I think I looked at her in quarter of the year. I don't yeah. know yeah, yeah, no, you do. 1984. <laughs> <laughs> She's just laughing. Her and I are laughing here because I'm an orange. I'm like, wow. Uh, who cares about who that? Who cares? Yeah, it's like, oh, it's hilarious. That, but but that that sets a tone for a lot. I'm sure it sets a tone for you for workspace when you when you're trying to deal with the people that you have beneath you. So if you have somebody that's that's a, a blue, and you want to help them progress, you might give them something that's more task oriented or more in, in such a way where you use that use some of their um, 
lower lower things. sure and the other thing is, is it's a lot of fun the, the training or, or the facilitation because you start to you know laugh at people's idiosyncrasies or their their temperament you know and you laugh at yourself right, and, of course. and it, it, it's it's great to get people together and just kind of have time together and and, and not be talking about work and not be talking about this side or the other because then, then you start to get this bond and that's where I think it's critical that we get you get to know the people at work on a human level. You're gonna you're gonna perform better. You're gonna your team is gonna perform better if they understand one another better and they they can they can relate to each other on a human level. That's just critical and I think a lot of organizations they don't care they don't care to take the time oh I'm gonna take three hours and shut down my whole my whole, whole operation whole operation for three hours three hours yeah you know why because people need a damn break well beyond that it's like okay so you, you're gonna lose three hours here but if you can increase productivity if I can get to the point where people are asking each other for what they need in, in a way and kind of Understanding. Oh, that's how right. They I'm operate. sorry. You're green. I, I'll give you this. I, I got you. Yeah, I got you covered here. Or yeah. oh, my blues are going. Oh, you know, maybe I need maybe some... I need to step back from me so caring. And sometimes I need to to toe the the company line right, and, right. and be a little more right assertive and no, say no. You're taking advantage. Are, are going to change. Are going to change your behavior yes. and change your behavior in a good and, way and, and, and change the team dynamics so that we understand and can work together better. We're going to have more pro productivity. So you lose three hours. You're losing three hours of everybody working, but over a year, how much do you gain in productivity? Maybe, maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. You know, I, I think it depends on how you go about doing it. You know, well, yeah. You can't just you can't just do it and go. Okay, everybody, thank you, goodbye, and, no, and not tie no. it in and, and create a buy-in through the whole thing and everything else. Well, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I think I have good people. You oh yeah, meet some folks, and there, I, it, I think there's a lot. Of, there was a lot of genuine people, you know, talking about their temperament and how you know how they go about their business, and, and there was authenticity. It wasn't just like, oh, I got to check a box. Yeah, I'm gonna check these boxes. Training. Let's get this over. I with. thought people had a good time. I think so too. I, for for somebody that didn't know a lot of people in the squadron. Yeah. It was nice. You, for you me could to sit to back know, and really connect, get to look know people it. and go, yeah. "Oh, okay, I didn't expect." Okay, yeah, good, or yeah. whatever. Yeah, that's that's always a good thing. Yeah. So, all right, uh, let's play one of my tunes. I just I'm, I'm working on this. It's a it's a piece of, uh, still working on it. I don't have a melody yet. It's um. Is this the, is this the Latin tune you were talking about? It's a Latin tune. Yeah, we talked um, last time you were over. We talked about it. The inspiration. Couple inspirations on this one. So I played this a guitar player, John Callisto, and he used to do this intro to um, a Latin tune, and he would just go off on this. So that was kind of my. And he he passed about a year ago. Oh, that's right. Yeah, great guitar player, um, John Callisto. Um, God rest his soul. So there was that, and then there's a good friend of mine from Laredo, Texas. His name is Rick Cortez, who we were roommates at North Texas. Now, Rick, I'd asked him to listen to the podcast, and he gave us some advice on... Right. So he lives in Laredo, 
And him and I were commiserating. The, the jazz mecca of the East, or no, West, excuse me. <laughs> so he's like, it's like a desert out here. He would say, because that was the same way. I'm like, there's no jazz gigs in Dayton. It's just like, there's, there there's are, like, but there's, there's like three. Yeah, it's like there's three. And, and, there's, and two people are playing the same too. And there's a ton of great players around here. And it's like, nobody wants to hire, no one has jazz going on in Dayton. A couple places, but. It's a, really, it's, it's a jazz desert of Ohio, and that's what, yeah, that's what he said. He's like, it's, it's like I'm, I'm in a jazz Sahara. There's nothing. I'm. There's occasionally an oasis. So he's like a, you know, they call it jazz Bedouin. He's a jazz Bedouin. He's out. He's got his camel behind him. Just, just another twenty feet, and I'm sure we'll find a bar that likes jazz. Come on, jazz. Keep going. Jazz Keep may going, be guys. a four-letter word, but it's not a four-letter word. <laughs> We're going to go one more block. Somebody's got to be blowing rhythm changes somewhere. Come on. I know. There is an oasis. The next bar owner, he's going to appreciate and hire us and maybe even pay us to play jazz. Anything but beer. (laughs) Work the door and tips. And we'll give you three beers a set. Oh, hey, you're talking hey, my language. Yeah, 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 that's pretty good. Well, the first one we so, thought was complimentary. Apparently, Laredo and Dayton are sister cities. Sister, sister cities in, of the in jazz, anti-jazz, jazz Bedouin society. Yeah, the jazz Bedouin society. Maybe we should just call this. You just call this tune jazz Bedouin. <laughs> okay, I like it. I like it. Jazz Bedouin. So uh, yeah, it's kind of a you know. Um, what, what, I'm trying to think of the tune. It's a... What's that song? Day in the Life of a Fool. Yeah, that's... Mind yeah. the Carnival, Black Orpheus. Yes, Black... Yeah, so... John used to do this intro where it was like... Uh, and we would do the outro as opposed to the outro that's written in the... You do that for the outro? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. And it was just like, man, he would just go off. Like, he had chops, man, like Paco de Lucia. Just, <laughs> just like, ah! Well, well, he's got a lot of practice oh, time on the radio. <laughs> no, no, no. The, my buddy that died in... Oh, oh, in Virginia. Yeah, That's yeah, right. John. He had he just had this, like, just great feel for for playing over those two chords, man. It was just like, ah! it's, it's It's an art to be able to do that. It really is. Because you can, you can musically masturbate to death. To death but the, you know, he was real right. musical. And he's, he was one of those guys, and we talked about Bully on the Bandstand. He was not that at all. He could be, because he was that good. He was at a New York session player level. And he, he could easily have been a dick. But every time I played with him, it was like, Inviting, and he's listening and playing off of you. Off of what you're doing. Yeah, and it's, it's just really, like it's really nice sets you at ease. Like it's like playing tennis, you know. Yeah. It's like if you play with someone who's really good and is willing to just, just, yeah, to, just to show you what you're doing. Crush you, right, right. Three, three serves, and you're done. And you actually have more fun, right? Of course, you do. Playing the game as if, oh yeah, I'm going to ace you every every yeah. serve I get. I can't do that. Um, so, anyways, this is something I'm still. I don't have a melody yet, so. So, so now the name of it's the Jazz Bedouins. <laughs> Jazz Bedouin Society. Jazz Bedouin Society. JBS. It's called JBS. JBS. Dedicated to Rick Cortez out there in Laredo. From Foul Furious, but living in Laredo.
That's a nice tune. Thanks, man. I, you know, I'm still. I don't have a melody yet. I'm going to come up with a melody, and I'm. I might still change that B section. I'm not sold on it yet. It, well, it might need to be longer. It might need to be shorter. Maybe you need to send to your buddy and, and you know let him. Yeah, because he's uh, a. You know what he really is. What is he really? He's a jazz missionary. He's so he's, he only does it in the missionary position. He yes. plays two fives in the missionary position. Two, two, Ugh, missionary <laughs> position. Say that three times fast. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you. Because he's taking the jazz to 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 the Bedouins in the in the jazz desert of Texas. Right. Where where this is what it sounds like it's normally. A, it, hey now, y'all. Hey now. Listen, that, don't. That ain't funny, man. That ain't funny. You can't park here with that Chevy. No, no, no. This, this Ford F one fifty town. Okay. Extended cab. You you in the wrong territory. You ain't getting parts for a Chevy in this part of Texas. I don't know where you from. You ain't from around here, are you? No. You got pretty mouth. <laughs> Wait a minute. I. It's I've, Deliverance. It's I, a quote from Deliverance. I know, I know. Ned Beatty and yeah, yeah. You gotta, yeah. Squeal like a pig. Whee! <laughs> um, I wrote it. My father asked me to write him, write him a song back 
years ago called My Pickup Truck Don't Pick Up Anymore. Oh, of course, cool. it had to be a country truck. Yeah, yeah. So I, I actually sat down and wrote lyrics to this thing. I'll bring the lyrics in. Because it, it, it talks about all, he went out and bought a Ford, and it didn't seem to work. He bought out a, brought a Chevy, bought a Dodge, and he finally figured it wasn't a truck, it was a vet, he was old, fat, and bald. Well, yeah. Yeah, and that's why he it's didn't like get any women. Operator. Yeah, it was operator error. It had nothing to do with it, the vehicle itself. Not the vehicle. Sorry, my friend. Yeah. You just have to look in the mirror and realize what the hell so. you're dealing with. Well, anyways, maybe I will. Maybe I'll send that down to uh, the jazz missionary in Laredo, Rick Cortez, and see if he can... See if he can bless it with some yeah, two fives. Yeah, maybe, maybe throw some <laughs> holy jazz water. Holy jazz water. Say, Fix this what, bridge, what, what man. Is, what I is holy know. jazz water? Is that scotch? That's, <laughs> probably. <laughs> with, yeah, I'm sure it's aged. Yeah, it's, it's got to be aged. <laughs> yeah, it's not yeah. beer, man. It's just going to have to be a little older than that, for sure. <laughs> so we were going to talk about houses... Oh, oh, oh! Because you, your trip, right? You just got back. We, we you, went. You want we to talk a little bit about. We it. went to several several places, and we were in the Tucson area. And the first place we did was to get ready for going to the Grand Canyon, and that was Mount <laughs> Lemon. Okay. Mount, Mount yeah. Lemon is about nine thousand yeah. feet up in the air, yeah, so right. it's close to two miles. And we're driving through this place, and you get up to the top, and as you're walking down, she, Cassie says. Oh, there's a there's a restaurant we can get like a cookie. They have these really nice big cookies uh -huh. and pizza and all this other stuff. So we can go down there and get it. So I'm thinking, all right, that's a touristy thing. I get that, but they're open all the time, you know. So I'm, as I'm going down there, we, we pull in and I look up, and there are houses on the side of the mountain. And we're not talking about like, you know, somebody's shed that they came up there to do hunting or something like that. We're talking about full fledged houses with balconies and terraces and pools. Are you talking like multi-million dollar or just maybe like a, a couple hundred million dollars? They, they got to be expensive. They're multi-million like dollars. Like square footage, what would you guess? Oh, yeah. some, some of them were really small. Some of them were probably like 12 to 1,500 square feet. But there were some of them that were big and you could probably sleep the Herb family and the, and the Marshall family in that place. Wow. I mean, some big places. But the, the thing that's killing me is you're looking at this and you start thinking about it. First of all, there's only one way to go up and down the mountain. You can't go over the back side of the mountain and down. A lot of switchbacks. Right. That's what Colorado is. So as you're doing this, you're going up there going, all right, well, when you're up there, first, first of all, the idea of going to a mountain must suggest some kind of seclusion. You want to be there and be secluded out of the way. I mean, you don't want to go up there and, and just necessarily look at the... The, right. the, the you know the the God's glory or, and there's you know. like trade-offs to like seclusion you know seclusion's great and if you could just live you know out in wilderness with sure. nobody uh, shopping becomes a problem getting <laughs> if you like hunting if am I eating rabbit yeah yeah well yeah you know, what are you gonna do I mean you gotta go out and get your food but the other thing is too I looked at one of these places they had a direct TV dish you know next to the house. Well, they probably get better reception because they're closer to the satellite. They are. <laughs> but but at the true. at the same time, what do they do for service? You know, they call some guy and he goes, "I'm sorry, I'm not going to be there till Tuesday next week." You know, and then if it's bad weather, you know, same thing. Well, about yeah, do they get snow at that elevation? Oh, the, oh that elevation. That, when I was there in, 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 in mid-April, it's they had snow on some of the mountaintops. So it's like they definitely have snow there. There's no doubt about that. So now you're stuck up there. Yeah. You know, so all right, so so you're this businessman that's made a, a shit ton of money, and now you're gonna you're gonna wind up putting yourself on a house, you know, and you want to get out of the way, so you want to go there, 
And now you're in a place where you can go, honey, I'm going to sit on the front porch, look out at God's glory, and I'm going to read my magazine and smoke my dope or whatever the hell you're going to do. You know, probably both. Um, or eat my, eat my hash brownies. Um, but you got to go, like you say, you got to go to the damn store. Good you've luck. Got, you've got to, you know. We're out of toilet paper. Yeah. Got everything else, but I'm out of toilet well, paper. Do we have to use the leaves again? Yeah. <laughs> it's either that or drive 45 minutes in one direction to a store. You know, that's crazy. Maybe you live smarter. You get, you get like a, you know, they have these toilets now that well, wash your hiney. Yeah. Yeah. The Japanese invented yeah, that stuff. Yeah. You put the blow dryer on your butt and clean everything. Oh, off I didn't know there's a blow dryer. Oh, there's, this a, there's this thing. Really? You can move it. It's like on some kind of rail underneath there. And it, and oh, it, and it extends and moves for Yeah. Yeah. My hands, it cleans George everything. George Jetson, man. <laughs> Jane, stop this crazy Jane. thing. <laughs> That's perfect. That's it's perfect. giving me a pearl down there. <laughs> I've never had curlier curl. hairs. My, my balls are so I dry. I curlers in my butt crack. <laughs> Jane, oh. stop this thing. <laughs> Where did we go wrong? Uh, I would love to live like that, but also probably a jazz desert. Oh, if it's not a jazz it's, desert, it's, it's like a unless desert. you play, you just can write your own stuff and, and be a hermit. No, if, who are you going to play with? We were t we were just talking about this a minute ago. Because jazz is off, a very you know it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's conversational a, art form yeah. that, that you it requires other people. It's like football. You can't play football by yourself. No, well you can try, but you know it, it's not going to get very far. It's not going to be very fun. Yeah, at least there's going to be no injuries. You know, well, may, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. After my, you can try. Trip on that. After on, my, <laughs> my experience earlier this week. JR is going out to catch a pass. Oh, oh he's down. Turf toe, people. It's real. I have only respect for turf toe. <laughs> for a turf toe. I'm like, oh, come on. It's just a toe. Now I'm going like, oh, yeah. I can't even walk. How are these guys going to run? Holy you know, cow. I, you know, that's that crazy stuff where they go, uh, hey, baby. No, he's yeah. not a baby. <laughs> so with the with the, with the, the on the mountain thing and, and, you know, being a musician, you're right. If, you, if I was going to do that, you would get a recording studio, and what you do is you'd invite people up to your house. Ed Bickert, who just passed away not too long, Ed Bickert's a famous guitarist. Um, I don't know if it was him or Lenny Bro. I think it might have been Lenny Bro. One of them was like a hermit, and they lived in like you know Saskatchewan or some some place in Canada that that was you know was a little hard to get to, and it was the winters were bad. But he used to have come, people come up to his house and record. And I would do that. If I was on the side of a mountain, I'd make a nice recording studio. I'd go, hey, JR, we're going to do a couple bass duets. Why don't you come on out? You can, you can walk out. Supplies, bring supplies. Some, some, you know, some bring bourbon. some cigars and bourbon, bourbon. so we, we can hang out. Yeah. You know, we'll go from some there. Steaks. Yeah. Because ultimately, if I had the choice of what I was going to do with my life in my later years, um, I would like to get a bar, a restaurant, have my sister run the restaurant because she's a chef. Let me run the bar and, and then have a have a, a place to play and invite people in and have a recording, like not live at Jimmy's, but live at Vinny's. Live at Vinny's. And have people come in and record and if I feel like playing with them, I can play with them. Yeah, that would be great. These are like if I hit the lottery type of scenarios. If I hit the lottery and I'm, I'm, I'm ready to say, I'm sorry, we're going to have to podcast via Skype because I'm going someplace. Well, if we had money, we could do that. Yeah. Yeah, well, Skype doesn't cost that much. You have to figure that. No, it's quality but, and everything else. But for you to live in that environment, Vinny, that costs money. Yeah. <laughs>
just a little. <laughs> I mean, we we could Skype right now. We really yeah. could <laughs> Skype from my from my living room. All right, you ready, Jr. <laughs> you realize we're only like twenty five minutes away, right? Yeah, but that's all right. I, I, we'll just pretend you're like Skype. In. Skype. You're gonna Skype in like <laughs> from you know California or something. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that's terrible. That, that's awful. Vinny's here. Yeah, Vinny's he's dialing in. He's dialing in. He's ready ready to talk. <laughs> All right. So do we have time for one more tune, or um, is this is this the conclusion of this episode? Well, we're getting we're getting pretty close. I mean, I, I've got a, a a blues that we can do. Okay. Um, we can put uh, put that down. That's a great way to end this episode. Yeah, I I don't think we've we've done this before, and even if we have, I kind of like it. So it's just a it's just a basically uh, you know in in honor of your friend, it's a bunch of two five ones. Two five one. <laughs> Rick, this goes out to you. It's a lot of two five ones. Of course, you know that, right? You're hearing them. You're hearing them in your head daily. Yes. yes. When you're eating your huevos rancheros, <laughs> right on the border with your sniper. Someday rifle. you'll go to Monterey. Someday and you will live in Monterey with beautiful Mexican women and lots of jazz and guacamole. Guacamole. Say that three times fast. Guacamole. I'll say it once very slow. Guacamole. <laughs> Are we saying goodnight before we play this? Or are we gonna Are we going to play this and then come back and say goodnight, guacamole head? Let's just play this one out. So say goodnight, Vinny. Goodnight, Vinny. Goodnight, Jr.